Hello to the next podcast we are organizing with the MOOC on Youth Work Essentials. And today we are going to talk about uh, youth research. And we have invited today three people. We have Lana Pasic, who is uh, from the partnership between the uh, European Union and the Council of Europe in the field of youth. We have Tommy Kilakowski from Finland and Adina Sherban from Romania. Welcome. So can you tell us maybe, Lana, I know that you work for the partnership, but you are also a youth researcher. How did you become a youth researcher? Thank you, Derek. For me, it was uh, an experience that started both through my professional work, uh, but also through academia, because I worked with the youth programs in an NGO in Bosnia. And then after that, when I went to do my postgraduate studies, I started looking uh, at the programs uh, that were focused specifically on youth activism and how do NGOs and civil society can support young people in becoming uh, more active members of their societies and also demanding more of their rights and standing up for causes that they believe in. This made me more interested not only in uh, research on young people, but also how can society uh, support young people. Mm-hmm. And Tommy, what's your story? How did you become a youth? researcher? By accident. I never wanted to become a youth researcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to work at the Department of Teacher Education, so I was training teachers to become better teachers. And I, I thought that I was a critical educational scientist. And I wrote a book in Finnish, uh, which was on a critical pedagogy and on how schools would be better. And then I got invited to a meeting with a, with a lot of youth researchers. And they asked me a really simple question. Why don't you have perspectives of young people in this book? And I started, you know, being self-critical and asking myself, why on earth didn't I have young people in the book? Mm-hmm. So I started to become more and more interested about youth research. And uh, mm-hmm. I was working as a trainer of youth work at the time. So youth research was, was of course, needed. So it was important mm-hmm. in itself. So those two steps sort of led me to, to being a youth researcher. Okay, that's an interesting story. You can become a youth researcher uh, yeah, by accident. Adina, what about you? For me, youth research was the last angle of the youth triangle that I was trying somehow to cover because I started as a grassroots youth worker, then I moved a bit on youth representation and being part of different bodies that were trying to, to support youth participation. And then, of course, that everyone was asking always for evidence-based and everything had to to come with evidence. And I said, okay, let's start doing that. And I combined my grassroots youth work activity with a bit of research at the beginning. And somehow, step by step from grassroots youth work, I moved more to, to youth research. So I'm always moving within the triangle, but somehow trying to, to stay close to youth research and then somehow providing what I'm documenting in the youth research to my peers, youth workers that are working, especially in small communities, and also to policymakers. Mm-hmm. I, I was asking this question because uh, there are apparently very different paths uh, to becoming a, a youth researcher. like there are very different paths to becoming a youth worker. And I know many youth workers that actually became youth researchers so they actually have the experience in being youth work and there was always this question in my mind do you really need to have youth work experience to be a youth researcher is it really necessary 
I think it's uh, not the, yeah, the... an obligation, but it helps mm -hmm. <laughs> because it helps. yeah, it helps, especially when you are running participatory youth research or when you do work with youth workers or with mm -hmm. young people directly on documenting your research and using the research instruments that you've built. It's very useful to speak the youth language and to have the uh, youth-friendly approach, but it's not an obligation because you might also go to the other risk of somehow assuming that you know things in advance and it's always hard to see where's the balance. So I would say that it helps, but it's not an obligation, of course. All right. Lana. Well, I think it's very important when we talk about uh, youth research and youth policy and youth work, but also young people to understand that neither one of these three sides of the triangle, or now as we refer to it as a pyramid, because young people are at the center of this, uh, that neither one of these sides can operate within its own bubble without having these connections. So while uh, it is not crucial uh, for one to be a youth worker, uh, to be a youth researcher, it is very important uh, for youth researchers to be very well aware of what youth workers do, but then also in terms of what youth, uh, what policymakers do in the youth field, mm -hmm. so that they can communicate um, the results of what is happening on the ground, the practice from the youth work to the policymakers, and that they can also involve young people. Um, so I think uh, now in every field, uh, we are looking at things from more interdisciplinary perspectives, and uh, we also have to see how these sides work together. And at the Youth Partnership, actually, this is uh, what we try to connect, uh, these different sides of, of the triangle. So just like one does not need to be a policymaker in order to do youth research or a researcher to be in the policy, um, there should still be an under a basic understanding of what uh, every side of the triangle does and how to communicate to each other. Okay, so it's about maintaining the relationship, maintaining the connection between different, let's say, aspects of what we say, youth work, youth policy, and youth, re youth research. So... You told your stories about becoming a youth researcher, so um, you are the right people to be asked the next question, which is, what is then youth research about? What is it? What kind of methods it uses? If I may start, I work in an organization called Finnish Youth Research Network. It's an NGO, basically, but it's funded mm -hmm. by our ministry. So uh, a lot of my colleagues come from different fields. Some are social scientists, some are educational scientists, some have engaged in cultural studies and so forth. Mm -hmm. So it sort of combines different disciplines, different scientific approaches, and tries to understand what, what is going on in the lives of young people today and how the society responds to young people. So uh, it can be about policy studies as well. Usually it has sort of a critical edge and trying to defend young people and try to stand up with young people so mm -hmm. to improve our societies in general but it's a loose field so it's difficult to pinpoint exactly what it is about mm -hmm. but what has to be there it has to understand how the young people themselves see their lives and see the society and see the policies mm -hmm. so n not all the research that it's that is done on young people for example on their health or the for their criminal activities and so on. It isn't necessarily youth research. It has to have this element of being interested in young people and try mm -hmm. to understand young people's point of view on society. Mm -hmm. And if I, if, if I may add one thing, 
lot of us want to oppose uh, the problem-oriented approach. So we don't want to see young people as a problem, but as a resource to a society and something that you know has to be studied in their own right. Because if you are not interested in young people, you're not interested in the future of our societies. All right. Lana? I think just to uh, build on uh, what Tommy said, I mean, youth research can be many things and uh, different researchers focus on different topics and different areas of young people's lives. But I think uh, one of the most important points here is that youth research looks at uh, the lived experiences of young people. Uh, so it can do so through uh, more of a quantitative approach, trying to gather data on certain aspects, uh, such as, for example, uh, young people's employment statistics, mental health and well-being of young people, uh, young people's participation and the numbers regarding that. Uh, but it can also look at, and this is uh, now, I think, uh, a bit more uh, understood that uh, we are also looking at qualitative experiences uh, of young people uh, and youth research is moving more uh, in that direction so that we want to see how do young people experience their lives, how do they experience the society, how do they interact uh, with each other but also with different layers uh, within the society. So it depends uh, how do we define what we want to look at in terms of young people. But I absolutely agree with Tommy. It does have to have the element of being interested uh, in young people, but also in young people's well-being and development. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's an important point that um, I think that you mentioned, both of you, that being interested in young people is one of the most important elements of youth research and uh, also, that youth research is not treating young people as a problem. Of course, I think that the important thing is to look at the challenges young people experience uh, and in their lives, uh, but it's not focusing on problems. It's trying to see, the, like you said, Lana, uh, the, the lived experience uh, or look at the lived experience of young people. Okay, so this is more or less a, a kind of definition, but it is still research, right? Because it, it is research, it also uses research methods, uh, research methodologies, right? I mean, every science has to use certain methodologies. Are there any special methods or methodologies that are used in youth research? Or what kind of methods the youth research is using? Maybe, Adina, you can continue a bit about it? I will. Uh, and I'm somehow linking my answer to what you were answering earlier, because... For me, youth research is the entry ticket to the youth universe. So basically, if you are trying to do things with and for young people, you should better understand what's their universe about in terms of mm -hmm. challenges they're facing, in terms of interests they have, in terms of needs, and yeah, definitely in terms of resources, because we always want to, to claim as having youth as the main resource, but then we should understand this resource. Uh, in terms of specific methodologies, and Alana was earlier mentioning the qualitative and quantitative ones that we are using, but I will just speak about my my favorite ones on documenting uh, my research projects. And that would be working with participatory research methodologies. So trying basically to build up the, the research methodologies around the experiences of young people. So that would be qualitative data. So I, I really enjoy doing all these wonderful focus groups where young people would come together and they would be empowered to answer by the answers that their peers are giving 
or having the interviews where you could really look at the authentic experiences of young people. So yeah, mm -hmm. not really specific, but going closer to to their lives wherever young people live. So going closer to their communities, understanding what are the dynamics in their communities. So because youth, come on, it's a transversal concept. So we always speak of young people, but we're mostly looking for like young people related to the labor market, education, whatever. So that would be for me the, the universe and the participatory approach is definitely my favorite one. Okay, so participatory approach. Tommy. Yes, thank you. So the problem for me with the youth research is trying to understand the richness of the lives of young people with their opportunities and threats they might be facing. So we need uh, a lot of different methodologies to be able to do that. And they really have to be sensitive to what's going on in the lives of young people and how technology changes and how society changes and how youth cultures change. So basically, if I look at the youth research that I know of, the two basic tools probably are surveys asking young people to fill in the survey and then analyzing what's going on. And then qualitative interviews, talking to young people and trying to get deeper into their experiences. But that's clearly not enough. So we need new type of methodologies. And like Alina was talking about participatory research, I myself have done uh, a lot of action research, which tries to improve society through research. And then lately okay. we have been, me, me within my organization, and with my colleagues, we have been trying to develop different art-based methods to study young people. So using these expressive okay. methodologies to understand okay. what is going on in the lives of young people and trying to tackle okay. with the matters that aren't easily expressed by words. So the, it's a combination of different methodologies and they need to be really sensitive. But the core thing, of course, is that it has to be intersubjective. So I have to be able to communicate my research to, you know, to the wider research community, to youth policymakers, to youth workers. And it, it has to be a convincing story. You know, people have to have a reason to believe what I'm doing. And the methodologies mm -hmm. uh, are part of giving a convincing story. So people mm -hmm. can check that, okay, this is, this is, this is how he used uh, his methods. This is how he made the stuff. And it has mm -hmm. to be really transparent. So it's not about my personal opinions or my political views. It's mm -hmm. about, you know, Richard, scientific stuff. Okay. Lana? Well, just to build on that, in terms of the methods, I think one of the starting points for researchers is always the question, why do we need uh, to know and uh, what type of knowledge do we need? And once we have uh, that question answered, uh, then we can look into the methods. Because if we want to find out more large-scale information or data about young people, then we would look into having kind of surveys and large data sets. But if we want to really focus on specific uh, groups of young people, which we have done, for example, through our research and studies on social inclusion and digitalization, and if we are looking at specific topics, or if we would like to do more of a consultative research, so the research for the purpose of uh, participation of young people in decision making, like some of the researchers have supported through the youth dialogue process, for example, then we will look more into the qualitative research, such as the focus groups uh, or uh, having the participatory research or even action research uh, in, in local communities. So I think the main question uh, before uh, 
launching into the research, into the world of research is thinking, why do we need this? And when we think from the perspectives uh, of uh, the policymaking, one of the main reasons why we need research is to actually base the decisions on knowledge and evidence so that whatever um, decisions or policies are developed or even in in practice of youth work, uh, whatever programs are developed are actually based on us knowing what works, uh, what has been done so far and what are the needs. Okay, I think it's very clear and, and in the course we talk a lot about it, what's the importance of youth research and contribution of youth research to youth policy. And I think that's more or less clear. We're also talking in our course about contribution of youth research, for example, to evaluation of youth work. What may not be that clear, or maybe if you can a little bit elaborate on that, is what is the use of youth research in everyday youth work practice? I mean, should youth workers care about it or what they can actually get from youth research? So I think the answer is is yes, although in some cases it might be really hard to read research. Well, taking an example of Finland, at the moment we are trying to develop how to better integrate uh, human rights approach to youth work and uh, mm-hmm. we are thinking how to build sustainable societies. So combining environmental education to youth work and also working with the migrant youth better. The benefits of youth research, they are especially easy to see when we are trying to find out how to improve our practices, how to maybe uh, build new practices. So we need information, we need knowledge, we need ideas, we need concepts. And each and everything, every one of these things, knowledge, concepts, ideas, theories, points of view, can be gotten from, from research. Okay. And of course, research can offer a critical perspective as well. You know, okay. maybe you haven't been thinking about these matters and maybe we should discuss these yeah. better within the youth yeah. field. So Adina, you were a youth worker and, and you are a youth researcher. So how youth workers can use actually what you are producing? What I'm always telling to, to my peers, to the youth workers who are, of course, complaining that what the youth, research, youth researchers are producing, it's not all the time written in a language that everyone would understand. Uh, mm-hmm. It's also, except for, for what Tommy said, it's also a matter of being inspired by what the others are doing. Uh, and at times, uh, with the research, we are also translating the policy framework mm-hmm. in a nicer language, if possible. Uh, so as a youth worker, I would always look for for the information that youth uh, research is providing because I would like to be inspired to see what's the wider context. Uh, also to look for, for future trends, if possible. So trying to understand mm-hmm. what would happen with young people in the future so that myself as a youth worker would be prepared to respond to, to those challenges. So, for example, mm-hmm. we've been speaking a lot about digital and smart youth work. And nowadays, within this context, like all of us would have to use it. So it be, uh-huh. it's showing you a bit of the steps that you should be making. And I think that the, the greatest part with the Poll of European Youth Researchers is that what we are writing, we're just trying to, to, to write it in a language that would be easy to understand by the general public, so youth workers included. 
Yeah, I, I think that's important because I think that the biggest problem always is the accessibility in terms of language, that sometimes there is this need to, to get to know more and maybe to have a, a wider perspective through youth research. But uh, sometimes it's a v- very difficult if you are not really an academic to, to understand different concepts and so on. And I think that this accessibility is, is very important. You were mentioning several times this pool of European youth researcher. Maybe Lana, you are the person I should ask about it. What is it for and what is it actually within the partnership? Well, the pool of European youth researchers is actually a group of uh, 35 researchers from across the Council of Europe uh, member states. And uh, these are the people who focus through their professional research experience uh, on different aspects uh, of young people's lives. So within this pool, we have researchers who focus more on uh, quantitative research and working with data sets. But we also have researchers uh, who are doing uh, more participatory research or action research. So it is basically a collection of different research professionals uh, who have a variety of expertise uh, in the youth field. And the the role uh, of of the pool of European youth researchers is uh, to both gather the knowledge uh, from their countries, from both local and national levels, uh, but also the knowledge at the wider European level. Uh, about young people and then to translate these into kind of research outputs that can then be used both by the policymakers when they are making uh, decisions, policies um, or plans within the field, uh, but also by the youth workers. And I think the pool of European youth researchers over the last years has also focused more on translating this knowledge and evidence into four different audiences. So now we're not working only on the complex research and studies and knowledge books, but we're also trying to really bring it closer uh, to the youth workers through uh, illustrations or infographics uh, or having different summaries, but also different uh, audio and video materials. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I think youth research is important for everybody, but as you said, it is not necessarily always packaged in a way that everybody has time uh, to actually invest into reading complex studies. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we were talking about how youth workers or, or youth work can benefit from youth research. And uh, so another question would be how actually youth workers can contribute to youth research. Is there a way they can contribute? How can they contribute? So uh, I can offer a personal uh, answer. The situation is different in different European countries, but talking mm-hmm. from the Finnish context, Finnish youth, youth community and Finnish youth in general has tried to, you know, open up forums where youth workers and youth policymakers and youth researchers can actually meet. Mm-hmm. So uh, through this meeting, there has been, you know, people trust each other better. They understand what other are do, others are doing. So that's a core thing. So mm-hmm. it's easy to contribute to youth research if you have these forums and you know you have meeting places you have email addresses and you know the guy he or she is not somebody who's who's familiar only through writings but in in person as well so in my own studies i talk a lot with the youth workers and you know test my ideas Is, is this important what have you been thinking about and then a lot of the times youth workers you know, they might criticize you, your researchers for being too specific or, or, or ask for forgetting certain features. 
one of the case examples is rural studies. So a lot of the youth workers who, who worked in the small communities mm-hmm. were dissatisfied with our emphasis on, on urban young people. And they wanted us to concentrate, concentrate more on the rural studies. So we tried to try to take that challenge and provide information on, on rural young people as well. So that's one example. And environmental issues is, is another one which we mm-hmm. are trying to answer at the moment. But it doesn't happen automatically. There has to be forums. There have to be meeting places. Mm-hmm. So sort of social platforms for for having that type of dialogue. Mm-hmm. So it's about creating spaces as well for youth workers. The way I mean, the places where they can actually contribute yeah. to youth research. And it's mm-hmm. it's a slow process. It's not. It's a marathon okay. instead of a short run. Any thoughts on that, Adina Olana? Well, I also find very important the fact that youth workers are the closest to young people within all this environment. So Mm -hmm. thinking now of what we as youth researchers also expect from youth workers would be to help us with that accurate uh, information about youth experiences, would be uh, to, to get feedback if the research that we are writing is not in the language that they were expecting, and to update the research community always with the changes that are happening in young people's lives, especially in terms of interests and challenges that they are facing. So mm-hmm. they're definitely a great resource for the youth, youth researchers community. Mm-hmm. Okay. If I can ask maybe the last question, it's uh, in your opinion, actually, what are the, the newest developments in youth research that you observe uh, recently? Where is it going? I think uh, some of the main things that that we can observe uh, in the last couple of years, especially with uh, with uh, large uh, youth movements and youth activism that we have been witnessing, is also from the perspectives of the researchers, really looking into young people more as active uh, participants and as actors and subjects within the society and uh, starting from that perspective. I mean, youth research has always done this, but uh, now there is really more of a move towards the participatory research and towards the action research. This is not to say that other other methods of research are no longer relevant, but uh, rather it's kind of trying to combine uh, different methods and trying to, to see what kind of information we can get from different sources and to kind of build them together as a kind of a puzzle or collage of different information and different knowledge so that we can have a full picture. I mean, there is a growing understanding that uh, one type of research cannot give us full answers. And I think more and more there will be greater collaborations uh, between different actors, uh, different sides of the triangle, but also different methodologies in trying to understand uh, young people's lives. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any so thoughts on that? Con- yeah, if I may continue. Yeah. What Lana was saying about about increasing cooperation between between perhaps youth workers and youth researchers or youth policymakers and youth researchers. Some of the people have called that a practice turn, meaning that youth mm-hmm. researchers are more and more interested in understanding different practices their adults and young people meet, like youth mm-hmm. work and schools and and mm-hmm. hobbies and and maybe sports and arts and so forth. And it's a big change because, you know, dozens, dozens, a couple of dozens of years ago, 
lot of the youth researchers were interested in in youth cultures and self expression on the young people and not how not on how adults and young people cooperate one of the increasing themes probably is is an interest in uh, in young people's political participation and the way they they are trying to change the society connected to environmental issues or dissatisfaction to the precarious situation changes in the labor market feeling betrayed and so on all right adina well i would say that uh, i think that if we were speaking of this transversal dimension of youth and the new of youth research i think that youth research would get to be even more important than it used to be before for the successful development of the new programs and policies because basically this is why programs fail when they are not like sufficiently documenting on youth needs I think that would be assisting a lot on uh, trying to look at the new challenges and interests that young people are having related to the way we are providing education at the moment, to the challenges that they're facing on the labor market, but also on the opportunities related to all this artificial intelligence, on using digital tools, on moving to smart youth work. So it would be a lot in terms of developing all the fields around young people and then young people included in in this development okay i think we got a lot of information about uh, youth research and thank thank you for sharing your also your personal experience and also your personal perspective on on youth research uh, like in many fields when we talk about young people that this is also a very dynamic field so it also changes because the 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 situation the social situation political context and so on it's it's changing so the lives of young people are also changing and everything that surrounds these lives of young people youth work is also changing and uh, and i would imagine that youth research has to follow as well so it's uh, or sometimes it has to be maybe in certain situations a little bit uh, a step before as well to provide a kind of guidance uh, uh, to to youth work practice Thank you, Lana. Thank you, Adina. And, and thank you, thank you, Tommy. I think that this is what we, we actually wanted to cover with this podcast on youth research. And we also, of course, invite you to our course again and also to the next podcast. Thanks a lot. <laughs>